The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by IBM. Big data at the speed of business. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. Before we get the program started today, let me take a moment to welcome members of our military who are joining us from remote outposts over the Internet, and also our nation's veterans. Thank you for being with us again. In just a moment, American business icon T. Boone Pickens will be here to help us get to the bottom of America's quest for energy independence. Where do we stand Just how close are we? And more importantly, what's stopping us? But before Mr. Pickens joins us, as is my custom each week, I'd like to tell you a little about his admirable rise to the highest echelons of business and humanitarian giving. Thomas Boone Pickens was born in Holdenville, Oklahoma. His father worked in the oil and mineral land leasing business, and his mother ran the area's Office of Price Administration during World War II. By age 12... The young Pickens began delivering newspapers. The story goes he started with one paper route, which turned into 28, and eventually 156. This early experience left an indelible mark on him as he later repeated his success of growing through acquisition on a much larger scale. Pickens attended Texas A&M and Oklahoma State University, where he graduated with a degree in geology, and shortly afterwards joined Phillips Petroleum. But he was eager to strike out on his own. Within a few years, he left Phillips and began wildcatting, eventually founding Mesa Petroleum, which became the largest independent oil company in the world. The company grew through an aggressive acquisition strategy, which few would have attempted, let alone had the talent to shepherd. In 1996, Pickens sold uh, Mesa, and a year later, he founded BP Capital Management, which oversees investments in traditional and non-traditional energy. Fed up with the lack of a national energy policy, in 2008, Pickens took action and unveiled his Pickens Plan for Energy Independence, a practical roadmap which would allow the United States to break its dependence on OPEC. I want to be sure that I add that Mr. Pickens has given almost a billion dollars to charitable causes, and he is among billionaires such as Gates and Buffett who have taken the giving pledge to give half of his wealth to charity. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program philanthropist, business icon, and energy expert T. Boone Pickens. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Pickens. Thanks for having me, Rebecca. Now, I always like to come clean with my audience, and so I need to admit from the get-go that I studied the Pickens plan when it came out in 2008, and I thought our leaders in D.C. would jump right on it because it accomplished three major goals. It made America safer, it moved the country toward cleaner energy, and it ensured affordable energy. So what's happened over the last seven years? Have we made any progress? A lot of progress, but it's interesting because the Wall Street Journal said six months ago Russia and China bought the Pickens plan, but the United States didn't. And that's true. They they are moving heavy-duty trucks to natural gas, which is what was part of the Pickens plan. Uh, Other, you know, I had a renewable component in it for wind and solar and uh, natural gas, which we're overwhelmed with in the United States, we're the largest producer of natural gas in the world. And we have about 8 million heavy-duty trucks that if you move those over to natural gas off of diesel, and it could be accomplished in three or four years, if you had the leadership in Washington that understood 
and to you know move in that direction. But it's happening anyway. Have we done any good with the Pickens plan? A lot of good. I think we spent a lot of time and a lot of money to educate America that we have such an abundance of resources in this country that we could be energy independent in America. Well, now you say that Russia and China have adopted the Pickens plan. So have we set ourselves up for a situation where we'll be selling them our natural gas resources rather than using them? Well, good question, because that I have said that the, that the producers have spent their money and should be allowed to get into any market they want to get into. Uh, I've also said that if leadership in Washington understood energy in America, that what would happen is they would help demand on the side of natural gas, and the, nat- the cheap natural gas would be used here instead of exported uh, around the world. So it, you keep coming back to one word that explains everything almost for me is leadership uh, that we either have it or we don't have it. Well, now, recently you made the comment that a, uh, and I love this quote, by the way, a plan without action is just a speech. And I believe you were not only referring to the present administration, but every administration since Nixon. Is that right? Well, if you go back to Nixon, he said that when uh, he was elected president, we would become energy independent Mm -hmm. and uh, we would not import any oil. Uh, When he came in, we were importing 24 percent of our oil. At the end of his administration, we were importing 28 percent. So he did nothing. He had no plan. But if you go through Nixon, Kennedy, uh, you know, down the line, none of them. All of them use the same pitch on energy, elect me and we'll be energy independent, as if it would just be like magic uh, when I'm elected that we'll, we'll be independent, no longer importing oil. But none of them, not one president had a plan other than Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter did show up with a plan in the 70s. Uh, he, he got the Department of Energy uh, and if you look at the, the charge for the Department of Energy, it is to reduce uh, imports of oil. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and nothing was ever done. The Department of Energy has never addressed that problem that I know of. And even though Carter was trying to come up with something, what he came up with was a, a fuel use act that was actually repealed 20 years later. So... None of the people that were presidents um, from Nixon forward have done one thing or accomplished anything as far as energy concerned. Other than give speeches, as you point out. Now, you and other experts have made the point that one of the biggest threats to homeland security is our continued dependence on OPEC. Can you speak uh, up on that subject for just a moment? It really, it's so, that problem is uh, is so easy to solve. And today, let's start from the, from the uh, amount of oil that we use in the United States every day. is 18 million barrels. Mm-hmm. And about half of that is, is imports. Uh, and about half of the half is OPEC. The other half comes from uh, Mexico and Canada, friends of ours and good trading partners. But OPEC, uh, to me, it's just uh, it's foolish to import oil from OPEC if you don't need to import oil from OPEC. Because in the case of Saudi Arabia in particular, that oil purchased from there, I believe, and so does Jim Woolsey, who was former CIA director, mm-hmm. that some of the money that is that they that 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 comes back to them for the sale of their oil actually gets in the hands of the Taliban. It's not because they're trying to hurt us. It's because they're buying, they're paying for ransom for themselves. And uh, so it's uh, it's just yeah, totally unnecessary to import OPEC oil. Now, OPEC oil doesn't all come from the Mideast. It comes from Angola, Nigeria, Venezuela. and But in the Straits of Hormuz today, our fifth fleet is shepherds all of the tra- tankers. Right. Come in. Okay, 17 million barrels comes through there today. Well, only 1.7 million of that comes to us. 
So right, but we're protecting everybody's uh, ability to get oil from those areas, and that's a that's something that uh, doesn't necessarily show up at our pump prices, and that's part of the issue that I have is. Uh, is if we added in all of the military protection, we'd be paying $100 a gallon. Um, we have to take a short break, and but when we come back, we're going to find out why Mr. Pickens is big on natural gas. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, cookbook author and culinary expert. Strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries. Dole has a bounty of berries ripe for the picking. Fresh berries are not only delicious, but some of the most powerful disease-fighting foods available. Researchers have found that berries have some of the highest antioxidant levels of any fresh fruits. So add a handful or two of your favorite berries to your next meal and enjoy their nutritional benefits and natural sweetness in all of your dishes from salads to desserts, and everything in between. For fresh tips and ideas from Dole's berry experts, visit berries.dole.com. And be sure to check out the pages of mouth-watering recipes. Whether it's a sweet and savory blueberry-cranberry chicken salad or a simple strawberry sorbet, Dole has the perfect berry to inspire your next berrylicious dish. The holiday season is just around the corner, and I want to share one of my favorite tips for being able to avoid that last-minute dash to buy something that screams, I didn't put much thought into this. Now imagine a different scenario this year. Imagine the surprise on your loved one's face when they open the first page of the Watchman's Rattle and see a custom dedication in their name by the author. The best part is it's so easy. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com, do it right now, and click on the book cover and presto. In less than three minutes, you can request the inscription you want. So do it now. Go to RebeccaCosta.com, and this year, give an affordable, thoughtful gift that says, this is for you and only you. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Here's a question for the season. What can we get the person who has everything? Everything like an RV, a Class B motorhome, horse trailer, boat trailer, toy hauler. Well, let's check with Rena Mills at RV Service Center, 2525 Mission, way up at the top of Santa Cruz. Rena, what can we get the person who has just about everything? The perfect gift for the person who has everything is a gift certificate from RV Service Center. Well, what makes a gift certificate from RV Service Center a perfect gift? Because the person who has everything can use it for whatever they need to keep their rigs rolling. But that's not all. I'll bet you have something to make the perfect gift even more perfect. What is it, Rena? Sure do, Michael. RV Service Center will give each holiday gift certificate recipient an additional 20% off service and accessories. It's our way of saying thank you for keeping your business local. Wow, that's like a gift within a gift. Happy holidays from your friends at RV Service Center. 2525 Mission, way up at the top of Santa Cruz. If you're like me, you like to put things that taste good in your mouth and masticate. But it's even better when you use items that you don't have to masticate. One such item is the Slender FX Shake, either chocolate or vanilla flavor. All you need is some ice, a blender, and a scoop or two of this delicious Longevity Meal Replacement Protein Shake. Throw in an egg or some fresh fruit of your choice if you wish. But seriously, just the Slender FX powder, water, and ice is all you will really need for a terrific meal you can drink. Slender FX is available in canisters here at the KSCO Mineral Garage or online at kscohealth.com. You might try going on a five-day Slender FX shake cleanse regimen. I did it a few years back and easily lost 15 pounds with no effort nor cravings at all. You know, that's a great idea. I'll do that again, starting right now. That's why I must end this commercial. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is energy expert and business icon, Mr. T. Boone Pickens. And before the break, we were talking about how our dependence on OPEC 
uh, and as well as the uh, cost to protect and keep tanker lines open, as in the case of the Straits of Hormuz, are, are uh, really uh, creating a uh, quandary for the United States, um, keeping these uh, tanker lines open falls on the shoulders of the United States, even though we are only benefiting from a small percentage of that oil. Now, uh, now, Rebecca, it, Rebecca, let me interrupt you a second. Uh-huh. Okay, that's right. Our fifth fleet is is protecting that oil that comes out of there. Yes. But what I don't understand is you're actually protecting the oil of a cartel. <laughs> OPEC is a cartel. Yes. And and to you know to tie up the fifth fleet to protect their oil. Uh, would you know it'd be a real cost? Uh, no cost. I mean, we we have that, that fleet in there to take care of them, and it's it's just incredible the money we spend in the Middle East, and what do we get it for? Well, uh, I I I have to tell you, I don't have an answer to it because it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, we have another problem, though. I mean, in addition to these issues, which you point, we just out. have one one other problem. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish it was just one, Mr. Pickens, but uh, no, I, I, I was going to point to something that was very alarming that uh, I just came back from an energy conference myself. And uh, one of the problems that I think is not even on our radar, we don't hear anybody talking about, is that oil consumption in the Middle East is skyrocketing. And so they actually have less to sell because demand in their own nations is increasing. And as you point out, they have to meet demand or experience revolution and violence. I mean, they're trying to keep the peace by providing cheap oil to their own citizens. Isn't that another reason that we have to act now? I mean, the amount of oil we can buy from OPEC is is actually going to decrease. Well, I'm not worried about that. We can replace anything that we get from OPEC, I think, rather easily. And But the only country in the world that is increasing production is the United States. Yes. I mean, the, the rest of the world, OPEC, is uh, they're, they're holding their own. Total OPEC is about 30 million barrels a day. Mm-hmm. The world is producing... Uh, 92 million. That's well, 92 million is pretty well production and demand. So supply and demand are pretty, pretty well in balance. And, uh, and here you, you know, you have Libya, which just keeps struggling to, to produce any oil. Mm -hmm. And at one time they produced over 2 million barrels a day. And so it's, uh, you know, in Egypt, uh, they were about a little over a million barrels a day. They're, Less than half that now. Yeah, their production is down. And so if you look around the world, we're doing better than anybody is. Our industry, has, as you've got to say, the oil and gas industry in the United States has done better than any industry really in the United States. Uh, maybe stretching, but uh, it's, it's, better, it's done better than any, the oil and gas industry in any other country. Well, we have to be careful about what we say about any other industry because I'm doing this broadcast out of Silicon Valley. They they might they might object a little bit there. Well, it could <laughs> be. That, that would be an interesting. Uh, I, I don't like. We'd have to do a little. Co- like, we'd have to do a little investigation there. Well, I don't like uh, the word debate. I, like, I prefer <laughs> to, I, I prefer discussion, but we ought to discuss. Uh, you know what what is the. Uh, uh, you know, how much is the oil and gas industry doing and how much is the Silicon Valley crowd doing? Uh, we're all Americans, and we're all trying to do the best we can. Of course. Of course. And, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a given. Now, uh, I, I want to switch gears here for just a moment because you place a heavy emphasis on natural gas, but you're also an advocate of large-scale wind projects, nuclear, solar. But, but let's start with natural gas. According to you, a good first step is to convert the 8 million heavy trucks we have on the roads now to natural gas. Is that right? That's correct. And, and if that was accomplished... That and it could be, I think, in in uh, four or five years, if you had some mandate from the government that said you replace uh, heavy duty trucks and the engines there, the Cummings twelve liter engine is it'll do anything that a diesel engine will do. So it is there and it could be accomplished. And uh, if you did that, the eight million trucks 
would be the equivalent of 3 million barrels of oil a day, and you import 4.5 million barrels of oil from OPEC every day. So you could knock out 70% of the oil produced that you buy from OPEC. Okay, I want to make that point again. We can eliminate 70% of the oil that we're buying from OPEC by simply taking these 18-wheelers that are traveling up and down the interstate highway system and converting them to natural gas. Is that right? That's right. And the fuel is $2 a gallon cheaper, and the fuel is 30% cleaner. Okay, so everyone's going to be emailing me in about 14 picoseconds to say, why aren't we doing it? Well, we're back to the same thing, leadership. You you have speeches from the president. He mentions it in his State of the Union address, but never is there a plan for how this is accomplished. Now, I'm going back to Washington next week. I'll be up there for several days, and it'll be on natural gas uh, for transportation fuel, which is heavy-duty trucks. The $8 million, I, I asked him up there, I said, just let me give you a, a wonderful experiment that I already know the conclusion to it, for 8 million trucks. And I said, the out of 250 million vehicles in America, all I want is $8 million. You know, um, I, I'm going to say that in addition to Washington, and I commend you for going back there and continuing to push on this agenda, but I also want to say that in addition to that, you are a very smart man and you are appealing directly to businesses because I happen to know you've been speaking at to supply chain managers of major corporations about why this is a smart economic move, let alone an environmental move. It, it, that's true. There's a great amount of interest. But to ask for, just say, you know, hey, there's 250 million vehicles. Let me just have 3% of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 3% of them, and I'll reduce OPEC by 75%. You would think somebody would say, come in here, fella. Uh, first, let's, let's uh, be sure that you know what you're talking about. But if you know what you're talking about, we're interested in doing something to accomplish this. Well, for a fellow who had the largest independent oil producing company uh, and and on top of that has been in the energy field all of your life, uh, I think we can uh, we can go with the fact that you know what you're talking about. Um, I'm going to have to take a short break here, but I also want to point out that uh, you are uh, very outspoken about this shale revolution and the fact that uh, the the technology improvements, which have brought the cost of extracting natural gas down, have really been shouldered by private industry without any help from government. And I want to make that point, too. And that's what's caused uh, the natural natural gas to be uh, cheaper than oil and uh, petroleum products. We'll talk about that in just a moment as well. We have to take another break. Stay right where you are. We'll be right back with more from T. Boone Pickens. You're listening to the Costa Report. Big data is changing the way organizations work. From data-driven marketing and ad targeting to the connected car, big data is fueling product innovation and new revenue opportunities. It's creating a culture in which business and IT leaders join forces to realize value from all data. They infuse analytics everywhere and make speed a differentiator, gaining competitive advantage from faster, more informed decisions. Leading organizations are creating new business models, developing new roles, and defining new big data architectures, including an infrastructure that can manage and process exploding volumes of structured and unstructured data, in motion as well as at rest, while protecting data privacy and security. Find out how IBM Big Data and Analytics can transform your business. Visit www.ibm.com slash big data today. Is your computer running real slow like this? Or are you getting the blue screen of death? Do you have to do a restart several times a session? 
tired of viruses, spyware, malware, and slow, worthless tech support? Face it, it's too late to download another free PC fix-it program, thinking it'll be restored to out-of-box purity. Oh, no, 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 no. You need the fast, friendly computer pros at User-Friendly Computing. Just drop it off at their office at 505 River Street across from the Gateway Plaza, or give them a call at 831 423-9653, and they'll come to you. Mention KSCO and get a free $50 diagnostic. PC or Mac, desktop or laptop, they can do it all at user-friendly computing. Call 831-423-9653. Hi, Register Pharmacist Ben Fuchs here. I've been studying healthy bodies for 35 years, and what I've got to tell you may shock and surprise you, but if you listen up, it may change your life. Of all the substances that are required for the functioning of the human body, none is more critical than oxygen. Without essential nutrition, we can live for months. Without water, we can probably survive for three or four days. But without oxygen inspiration, our expiration is inevitable within mere minutes. One of the more interesting responses to oxygen deprivation involves fat cells. Known as adipocytes, these cells initiate various coping strategies to deal with their inability to obtain oxygen. One of these strategies involves becoming impervious to the signals of the fat storage hormone insulin. This phenomenon known as insulin resistance unfortunately leads to large surges in the secretion of more insulin, which will eventually result in a dramatic increase in the size of fat cells and ultimately in weight gain too. In other words, less oxygen means more fat. What's worse, scientists are exploring the possibility that chronic inflammation, immune system breakdown, cell disease, and death may also be the result of oxygen-deprived fat cells. If you can't just seem to lose the weight, no matter how many calories you cut, supplements you've swallowed, or miles or time that you've spent on the treadmill, it's possible that you're dealing with oxygen deficiency. Try practicing slow, deep breathing on a regular basis. And because plants produce oxygen, as a byproduct of their natural chemistry, making sure you've got lots of greenery in the house can also be helpful. Pharmacist Ben here urging you to go to kscohealth.com to order Beyond Tangy Tangerine, the Healthy Start Pack, and other nutritional supplements that I personally use and recommend. You can purchase these premium quality products at wholesale prices online at kscohealth.com. That's kscohealth.com. I'm the pharmacist that believes that staying healthy and strong is not only about medicine, it's about giving your body the raw materials it needs to do its work. Go to kscohealth.com kscohealth.com. Make sure you check out the cool videos too. That's kscohealth.com. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and today we are speaking with Mr. T. Boone Pickens. And in the last segment, we were talking about a plan which would eliminate 70% of the oil we import from OPEC. This simply involves taking 8 million 18-wheelers and converting them to natural gas. And I believe you've gone so far as to say that natural gas will never sell above the price of diesel and gasoline. So it also makes the transportation of goods like food far less expensive. The it's look at it this way: diesel is four dollars plus a gallon, and natural gas is two dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it, if you're running an eighteen wheeler, twenty to thirty thousand, uh, well, twenty to thirty thousand gallons a year is about what those uh, over the road eighteen wheelers do. You're talking about saving forty to sixty thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Now, wow. what's the difference in cost? About thirty thousand dollars. So you're going to pay that out in a year's time. So how difficult is it to convert these 18-wheelers over to natural You gas? don't convert. You go to a new company. You go to completely new trucks. Not new truck, no. It's uh, the it's just the engine. You change out the engine. So, so in terms of an ROI, how long does it take them to get that money back when they convert that engine? Oh, it'll be less than a year. Less than a year? Yeah. Okay, I keep looking for some logical reason we're not doing this, and there's not going to be one, is there? There's thir- it's 30% cleaner. And you ne- California has been so far ahead of the rest of the country uh, over the years. I mean, they converted their uh, bus fleet in uh, L.A. LA uh, MTA was converted 20 years ago on yes. natural gas. And they're, they got 2,800 buses. That is the biggest fleet of natural gas buses in the world 
other than one other place. Guess where that is? Beijing. Uh, they really? Have, they have twice as many buses there. I was there in 2007. And they're old buses. They, they've been running a long time on natural gas. But it's because it's cleaner and it's cheaper. Well, and, well the technology certainly exists to, to do that. So, you know, at the beginning of the hour, uh, I was talking about the Pickens plan hitting three targets. It makes America safer by cutting off oil money, which is financing terrorism. Uh, it, it made energy cheaper. And, and also, let's not forget, it makes it cleaner. So let's talk about that for a moment. In an unexpected turn of events, environmental groups have stepped forward to support your plan. Can you talk about that for a moment? They have, and, and uh, uh, the Sierra Club has changed leaders, but uh, and I, I haven't met this uh, person now. I know Carl Pope that was there, mm-hmm. but Carl Pope was a realist. He knows that a battery will not move an 18-wheeler. Yes. Yeah. Well, and people don't want to use fossil fuels. Okay, tell me what you're going to use. A battery won't move a heavy-duty truck. And there are only two fuels that will. One is diesel, and one is natural gas. And natural gas is 30% cleaner than diesel. So, it, yes, I've had environmental groups that I can't name them off, so it's obvious I don't have any of them signed up with me other than Carl and I got together on this subject some time ago, but at the same time, I was working very hard on renewables. Mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted to do something of real size on wind, and wind is getting cheaper all the time. But wind converts uh, to electricity, and a battery will not move an eighteen wheeler. So wind is not the solution for transportation fuel. Seventy percent of all the oil used every day in the United States goes to transportation fuel. That's, that's what right. it's used. So yeah, that's, that's the big item that we've got to fix first, and, and so you've tackled that. Uh, yeah. Even though the cornerstone of your plan seems to be natural gas, I also want to add that, you, as you point out, you are a big advocate of wind and solar. Um, and, and let me ask you this. Uh, given that you've criticized several administrations for speeches instead of actually taking action, what was your take on the uh, failed solar panel maker, Solyndra? Because there was a case where the government tried to take action. Well, it was unsuccessful. I don't know the details of that, and it—I know it's embarrassing for the administration. They lost, I don't know, five hundred million billion dollars on it, and but not every plan works. But uh, that one certainly didn't work. Let, let's go back uh, a minute to. Uh, that when you look at our energy non-plan, which we haven't had a plan, and then you look at the fragmented uh, decision-making process, that Keystone Pipeline, for instance, that is a, that should be a cinch. That has now been on the table in Washington for six years. Six years, and you cannot make a decision on oil coming to you, no Army, Navy, uh, Marines, nobody has to protect it. No Fifth it, Fleet protecting it. <laughs> no, it comes yep. to you. It, it's, a, it's it's like somebody brings a Christmas present to you, knocks on your door and says, I have a Christmas present. Say, well, leave it on the, on the porch. And I don't even say thank you. And now six years later, the Christmas present is still sitting there. And you haven't done one damn thing. Okay, Keystone Pipeline. They were hung up for some time because the State Department had to look at it and not make a decision, but give an opinion on it. State Mm -hmm. Department, okay, it's two countries, uh, pipeline crossing from one to another. It's a State Department issue. Now we go over and we're going to talk about exporting oil and gas out of the United States. Well, that's Commerce Department. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, where in the hell is the Energy Department in here? <laughs> and it, it's just that we have no uh, process to uh, to make these decisions. Another decision that was made in 1973 after the Arab embargo, 73 was embargo, 74 the decision was made to store 750 million barrels of oil in the ground in uh, salt caverns in Mississippi and Louisiana. Yes. Okay, that's been accomplished. That that oil is in there. Okay, at that time, it looked like we were going to have to depend more and more on oil for 
in the Mideast. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. The opposite has happened. But does anybody ever say, hey, we ought to look at this and see whether that 40-year-old plan to store 700 million barrels of oil is still a good good idea? And uh, it, it's, it, it's just incredible that Washington, uh, they, you know, of course, I'm seeing it from uh, my line of work and my expertise, but we have no energy plan. And, you know, I feel like you could develop an energy plan. I think you could do it within one week would give you probably two or three days off. If we didn't, if we don't have an energy plan, and you're right, we haven't had one forever, why don't we just adopt yours and get on with it? Well, I'd love it. And uh, and all, I have two million people signed up with me. And uh, it has nothing to do with uh, politics. I mean, this is a, a issue that that uh, is not a political issue. And but two million people signed up on the pickensplan dot com, and I have people signing up with me all the time because they believe I'm in here working hard. They think I'm a patriotic old man with a good idea, and I'm just liable to get something done at some point. And I believe that to be the case. In the meantime, we are we're progressing all the time. I mean, well, well I will tell you, I I come from corporate America, and. Uh, whenever we got together and we had a problem, we'd all get into the boardroom. And if I didn't have a good idea, I certainly didn't block someone else's good idea. I, I was quick to adopt it and go on board and say, all right, well, let's take this a little ways down the road and see how it works. Sure. I don't understand why in government you'd rather have no plan than adopt a plan and, and put some oversight and checkpoints in along the way so that, you know, you can see how it's, how it's proving out. Okay, you don't go with Rebecca, no plan. Rebecca, you know, politically, there's always somebody that's opposed. Then it becomes special interest. Then it becomes lobbying and everybody else. But the Koch brothers didn't like my plan. Well, you know, the Koch brothers, uh, the Koch brothers, I don't, we could get into a whole separate show on on what they've blocked in this country. Now, I have to take our last break, but uh, we'll be back right after these important messages from our sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. No matter what business you're in, what happens in Washington can make the difference between business success or failure. That's why understanding where government is headed is so important in today's competitive business environment. But where can you find experts who know firsthand the inner workings of our nation's capital? The American Program Bureau is your leading source for speakers whose experience offer unique insights into where U.S. policy is headed. Speakers like Seth Harris, former acting U.S. Secretary of Labor, Alyssa Mastromonaco, former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, and General Carl Eikenberry, former U.S. Ambassador to Afghanistan. For your next meeting or conference, contact the American Program Bureau at apbspeakers.com or 617-614-1600. That's apbspeakers.com. The American Program Bureau, making history one speech at a time. The holiday season is just around the corner, and I want to share one of my favorite tips for being able to avoid that last-minute dash to buy something that screams, I didn't put much thought into this. Now imagine a different scenario this year. Imagine the surprise on your loved one's face when they open the first page of the Watchman's Rattle and see a custom dedication in their name by the author. The best part is it's so easy. Just go to RebeccaCosta.com, do it right now, and click on the book cover and presto. In less than three minutes, you can request the inscription you want. So do it now. Go to RebeccaCosta.com, and this year, give an affordable, thoughtful gift that says, This is for you and only you. That's RebeccaCosta.com. Hi, Sam Quentin here for Shirt Crafters. I'm with Big Pete of Big Pete's Treats. And Pete, tell me how you came to Shirt Crafters. Well, I'm an edible cannabis confectioner. 
and my family business was starting to grow. We needed to design and print labels for our treats. Plus, we needed employee t-shirts, business cards, and banners to display at trade shows. We called Scott Gold at Surecrafters, and he showed me how Surecrafters was my one-stop shop for branding my business. I'm sure glad I did. Surecrafters provides top-of-the-line custom screen printing, digital printing, embroidery, decals, stickers, banners, business cards, and so much more. So build your brand with Shirtcrafter, located at 111 Ingalls Street in Santa Cruz, or go to shirtcrafter.com. Give them a call at 831-423-0537. That's Shirtcrafter, 831-423-0537. Money can't make you happy, but the lack of it can sure add a lot of stress to your life. Need help with your personal finances? Listen Thursday nights at 7 p.m. to Money Moves. Host Pamela Fugit-Hedrick offers one hour of free tips and tools to help you manage your cash flows with her Money Moves. Each Thursday night, she discusses topics like how to prevent a complete personal financial meltdown, how to start a go-to fund for emergencies, provide ideas on how to cut back rather than cutting out some of your expenses, how to erase your debt load and financial stressors, how to find funding for your retirement, how the heck do you enroll to use health insurance, no more excuses. Money Moves can answer these questions and so much more. Tune in Money Moves with your host, Pamela Fugit-Hedrick, Thursday night from 7 to 8 p.m. to work on your Money Moves. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and my guest today is Mr. T. Boone Pickens. Now, energy independence, clean energy, and affordable energy uh, certainly isn't a Republican or a Democratic problem. And voters on both sides want to see progress in this area. So you would think that there would be bipartisan cooperation. So what's the plan to get government moving on this? Or is this a case where the economics will eventually cause businesses to convert over anyways? It's going to cause them to convert. I, I want to tell you a quick story about Marin County. Mm-hmm. Um, I made a speech there to 3,000 people. And when I got through, the the moderator said, no, these people know who you are. You're in a very liberal county in uh, California and said, uh, what do you think they think of you knowing that you are a lifelong Republican conservative? And I said, doesn't have anything to do with politics. I said, they see me as a, uh, as a patriotic old man with a good idea. And I got a standing ovation. And I was very proud of that. It made me feel good because it has nothing to do with politics. It's all about America. It's what we're talking about. And here, uh, we today in the United States, we have the cheapest oil, the cheapest natural gas, and the cheapest gasoline in the world. That isn't by accident. That isn't by accident. That's because the industry did a very, very good job in this country. And not one politician gets up and said, you know, hats off to the oil and gas industry in this country. We have the cheapest energy in the world. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever says that. And it, it's kind of surprising me because I think you give credit where credit's due. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, it's kind of unusual. But it, see, there, today there are 1,800 rigs running in the United States, drilling rigs. And there are 600 in Canada. And then the rest of the world has 1,300. So the United States and Canada have uh, two-thirds of all the dr- drilling rigs running in the world today. And uh, it's, you know, it, it, it but I, I never find anybody, I, I always say that to go to, to Washington to have an, a discussion on energy, that a five-minute discussion is over with in three minutes. <laughs> because that's about all they know about the subject. Uh, that's that is true it's uh, it's frightening and don't even get me started about health care um 
As I mentioned earlier, uh, I followed your work for 25 years, and, and the key to your early success, even going back to when you were a boy, seems to be acquisition, growth through ac- acquisition. Um, after Mesa, your approach seemed to shift more toward investment. Uh, with so many innovative solar, wind, thermal energy companies, do you think there's a opportunity for a company to adopt a, a Google or Johnson & Johnson kind of acquisition strategy and, and accomplish what the government cannot? Sure, it'll happen again, but that's America. You have, you have more entrepreneurs in Dallas, Texas, than you have, uh, I'm talking about outside the United States, in the rest of the world uh, combined. But why, uh, why not you? Why not me? Yeah. I listen. I've, you, you, I, you, you, are, you have perfected acquisition strategy. I, have, I came out with a new mutual fund uh, January 1st, and uh, Twinline is the name of it. I'm plugging my deal now. And we're in the top 10% of mutual funds. And, uh, yes, I, but it's all about energy. And energy is what I know best. And I think I know more about energy than anybody else does. I do, too. And uh, my big question, I guess, and I guess I'll make this my final question, is um, why didn't you ever run? <laughs> I'm just going to come out and ask you because I'm a big give, give fan. Me 30 seconds on that 30 seconds all i need i almost ran for governor against george w bush in texas and if i had i would have won he got to be president why not me <laughs> so that's but i never did run and uh but why i'm asking you why i'm going to put you on the spot here oh real simple it was just uh, i thought my god I'll, I'll lose my mind if i get into a situation where i can't you know, sure, I've got to sell my ideas continually and what I do right now. But if I was in government, I'd be, you know, I'd have to be working all the time trying to put together enough votes for something. And I think it would have just worn my ass out is what I think. Also, you know, when you come from a business perspective, which we both do, I have to say that uh, you there's a feeling that you can get so much more done, so much more efficiently and quickly if you just do it from the outside. And I think that's kind of what you're doing, isn't it? I am. And I'll be successful on the outside with the idea. It's just that we could do it uh, much faster if we had a little bit of help from the government. And, you know, you don't have to give any subsidies to accomplish it. So it's uh, I'm not talking about money. I'm not asking them for money. I'm just asking them for some leadership. But we'd have to have some breaks for the smaller trucking organizations that, you know, in order to convert. I mean, how about some kind of financing or something so they can convert over to these natural gas engines? Well, actually, uh, that that clean energy fuels a company there in, uh, uh, in Newport, which I have an interest in, has a financing plan for the truckers with GE uh, Finance. Yeah, and you point out that the ROI on this is, what, about one year? Yep, it's about one year. Wow, that is just, there's just no excuse not to move to the Pickens plan. Uh, But, you know, I'm going to get a lot of email about this because I don't usually endorse anything on the air. But I have to tell you, this has been a long time coming. Well, that is all the time we have in this hour. But before we say goodbye, I want to take this opportunity to thank you, Mr. Pickens, for your leadership and your service to our country. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Let me tell you, you and I could go on the road. You can ask questions (laughs) and respond and participate better than anybody I've ever been on with. Well, I'm going to tell you you something. I'm going to take you up on that, Mr. Pickens. You're going to come on a couple of panels that I'm, I'm set for in energy conferences. I'd, I'd love to do that uh, face-to-face with you. And thank you so much for making time for us today. Sure. Thank you. Bye. If your station is leaving us after this hour and you have a question or a comment to make about our interview with T. Boone Pickens, you can drop me a note on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or at our website at RebeccaCosta.com. And while you're at the website, be sure to check out our new bookstore. I receive a, a lot of emails asking me what I'm reading, mainly from parents and teachers across the country. So we created a bookstore which has the books which have had a, an impact on me. And if you want to know what I'm reading now, well, that's posted on the website as well. Uh, Presently, I am rereading 
Edward O. Wilson's book, The Creation, which is written in the form of a letter and a plea from the greatest evolutionary biologist and naturalist in the world to a man of the cloth. Wilson's appeal to people of faith to join with environmentalists to save what he describes as God's creation is masterful and written in beautiful language. And it's a short read, uh, one that you can finish in one evening. If you haven't read it uh, or haven't picked it up recently, it's available on our new bookstore page at RebeccaCosta.com. I promise it will inspire you to be tolerant of those who have different opinions and to look uh, more carefully for common interests. But here's another reason you want to visit the bookstore at RebeccaCosta.com. When you click on any book on our site, it takes you right over to Amazon. And then anything you order when you're on that Amazon site, whether it's another book, a video camera, a printer cartridge, everything and anything you order when you go through our book site, to get to Amazon will cause Amazon to make a donation to the Costa Report. That's right. It's going to cost you nothing to support excellent postpartisan broadcasting. Every time you shop at Amazon, you have an opportunity to make a donation to us. So the next time you need to get something on Amazon, don't go directly to Amazon. Go to RebeccaCosta.com first, then click on any book on our bookstore page, and it'll take you right over there. And when you do it that way, you help keep the only nationally syndicated, completely independent news magazine on the air. The Costa Report is one of the last independent news broadcasts left in this country, and we intend to keep it that way. We made it easy and also free for you to give us your support. So uh, we appreciate your support when you shop Amazon. Uh, you'll be making a free donation to the Costa Report. Join us next week when we have a special guest. Your local station will be posting a sneak preview of a guest that you asked for. And when our listeners ask, we do our very best to respond. So tune in next week for a surprise guest right here on the only program that puts policy ahead of politics. Now stay tuned for another hour of Straight Talk Radio. You're listening to The Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.